Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. to the book of Luke chapter number 10. Let's remember our service this evening. Come early. There'll be no choir practice. So everyone, let's come early for prayer at 6 o'clock, 6.30 service. Let's come and get a hold of the Lord. Amen. And the church is always better when we pray and prepare for it. And so this gives us an opportunity to come in and get ourselves in tune with what God wants to do. So let's come and pray. And then... Wednesday night, we'll continue on with our study uh, about holiness from the inside out. And uh, I've really enjoyed teaching this thus far, and we're going to continue on with it. As I said, we'll probably be teaching on this subject for a little while. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belongeth unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The secret things belongeth unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. Let's look to Luke chapter number 10, Luke chapter number 10, and we'll begin reading with verse 18, Luke chapter number 10 and verse 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon or on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. One more passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. For now, everybody say for now. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, 
But then shall I know even also as also I am known. Praise God. I want to preach for the next little while upon this subject with the Lord's help and His anointing. How many knows we can't do much without the anointing of the Holy Ghost? But I, I want to preach from this subject. Take refuge in the revealed things. Take refuge in the revealed things. Let's pray right now that the Lord would help us in the remainder of this service. We certainly need His touch, His strength, His help in this house. Would you pray with me that God would reach down and bless the remainder of this service. Jesus, we're asking You in Your name, that name that is higher, that is holier than any other name, that You would minister and work. Let Your perfect will be accomplished here let the Spirit of God strengthen someone's heart and soul. We pray, O oh God, that we could be touched again. Your Word would come alive in our minds and our hearts today. We thank You for it. In Jesus' name, would You give praise to Him and lift up Your voice to Him. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank You for standing in. You may be seated. There's an old song that we sing, and it still offers comfort to us. It simply says, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered round, we will tell the story of how we overcome. And then it gets to this line that is really revelatory when you think about it it says and we will understand it better by and by that last line has offered a lot of comfort to us and I suppose that that puts the whole song in perspective those of you that know about singing and songs I understand this is the same way with poetry and books is there's a, a hook, there's a, uh, a phrase or a line or a place in the book that you can really frame the whole story around. And that is true with this particular song. Uh, the frame right here that says we will understand it better by and by. I think we can all relate to that. We can all take comfort in that. When walking through a dark place, when we're in the midst of a trial, when we're suffering, when we're undergoing anguish or pain, this song is not only a comfort to us, but it is also consistent with Scripture. Because in this verse that I read to you this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12, it says, For now, in the present, for now we see things through a glass darkly. But then it says face to face. Right now we have trouble distinguishing the details. Right now it is unclear to us. Right now we can't even see how any good could come out of this. Right now it's fuzzy and it's undefined. But then, and I'm thankful that those words are there, that it doesn't just leave us hanging, but it gives us some hope 
it says, but then I'm going to see him face to face. I'm going to have an encounter. And that encounter is going to be an experience that reveals things. Suddenly, I'm going to understand. Suddenly, I'm going to know. He says again, in case you didn't get it in the first part of the verse, he says, now I know in part, but then I'm going to know as I am known. In other words, I'm going to know things as God knows them. When I get on the other side and I'm with Jesus in eternity, then I'm going to understand things the way he understands them. I'm going to see as he sees from the end back to the beginning. I'm going to know why, and I'm going to understand. I'm going to be able to put all the missing pieces into the puzzle. I'm going to see things as God sees them. That's a very powerful, powerful thing when you think about it. There's a lot of things that are not revealed to us now. There's a lot of things we don't understand now. There's a lot of things we can't get our mind around now. There's a lot of things, frankly, we do not comprehend now. And there's even some things, can I say, that God keeps a secret from us. Because if we knew everything, we would have the tendency in our flesh to mess it up. Praise the Lord. I know you think you're perfect. I know you think you're incapable of doing that. But can I tell you that in our flesh, if we knew things as God knows them, and if we could see the future... And if we knew what was ahead, we would have the tendency uh, to avert some of the pains, some of the things that we have to go through that make us the person that we are today. We would avoid certain circumstances, but if we hadn't avoided those circumstances, we would have never known God in the way that we know God today. We would have never known Him as a healer if we never had to experience sickness. We've never known him as a deliverer if we've never been in a tight place. We've never known him as a prayer answer if we've never had to raise a need to God in prayer and wonder if he was going to come through and have faith and trust in God. Amen. We would mess up the plan that God has in our life. God wants us to trust him. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Give me just a little bit more monitor. We lean upon him. We we have to have faith in him. God had a plan at Calvary that Jesus would be the lamb slain from the for the sins of the entire world. What Lambs, bullocks, and goats could not do what turtle doves could not do, and they only pushed it ahead. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the blood of that spotless lamb was able to accomplish, and that it was able to cleanse us of our sins. It was able to wash us of our sins. And the devil thought that Calvary was the ultimate defeat for God and his kingdom. But he didn't realize that it was actually the ultimate victory. Amen. Not only a victory for the kingdom of God, but a victory for you and I. That we can live and overcome sin through the help of that blood. Through what happened at Calvary and the price that was paid there. It was a debt that you and I could not retire. It was a debt that you and I 
could not pay. It was something that was beyond our ability to take care of. But I'm so thankful for Calvary. I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus. It was able to retire that debt. Amen. It was able to take me from out from under the pressure of that debt. Anybody that's been under excruciating debt knows what it's like to be under pressure. Amen. And I'm going to tell you the debt of sin is a whole lot more pressure than financial debt and financial pressure. Oh, you had the heaviness of sin upon you, but aren't you thankful that the blood cleansed you and liberated you and set you free? Amen. The Bible said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And we can still overcome in this house through the blood of Jesus Christ. It makes it possible for us to put sin under our feet. We don't do that in our own ability. We don't do that by taking counseling. We don't do that by reading books. Uh, we don't do that by putting on nicotine patches or, or taking some kind of substitute for drugs. But we do that by the power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ somebody ought to give him praise somebody ought to give him thanks right now hallelujah thank you for the blood back to 1st Corinthians this time chapter number 2 and verse 8 which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So this was something that was not even revealed to the spirit world. It was not even revealed to the enemy, the devil. He didn't realize what was going on. He didn't realize the ultimate plan of God. The next time the devil wants to come and forecast failure in your future and tell you how low down you are, and tell you how you're never going to be anything, you just tell him he doesn't know everything. And here's proof that he doesn't know everything, because the scripture says right here, had he had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And he doesn't know what the future is going to be for you, but God has a big plan for you. And he didn't reveal it, he didn't signal it to the devil, and he doesn't have to. But we know this one thing, that God has a plan for our lives. And God is going to work that plan if we continue to submit to his will. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. There's one thing that the enemy does know. He knows that he has... But a short time. The Bible says that he comes down with great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And I thought about that and I thought if he realizes that his time is short and therefore he's ramping up his efforts to try to destroy and try to wreak havoc and try trying his best to keep people from living for God and serving God victoriously. If he's doing his best in the short time that he has, then I think the church ought to be commensurate in its efforts, in its intensity. If he's aware that he has but a short time, if he has that knowledge, then we too need to realize that as he begins to ramp up 
his efforts against us, then that's an indication he knows that his time's just about up. And that ought to make somebody in this house want to rejoice and shout a little bit to know that my trial is almost over, to know that my victory's almost won, to know that I'm almost conquered and I'm almost to the place of triumph. All I've got to do is remain faithful because he knows that he has but a short time. The more he pressures you, the more he comes against you, the more you ought to rejoice because you know it's coming to an end. The devil realizes his time is almost up. Oh, somebody rejoice and let's give praise to the Lord. But sometimes the Lord slowly reveals things to us. Why? Because... It may be that we're not mature enough spiritually to handle it all at once. It may be overwhelming to us if we was to have it revealed to us all at once. Has ever, anybody ever received news and after you received the news you said, man, that was a lot to digest all at once. Or you felt like something was just dumped on you and you thought, man, that's a whole lot for me to get my mind around. But Romans 1 and 17 says, For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed to us from faith to faith. It's through the trial of our faith. It's, it's through circumstances that we have to walk through. It's through the valley and through the storms and through the setbacks and through the trials of our faith that we better understand and things is revealed to us about God. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, but as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. And I could stop right there and preach a long time about how that there's a lot more that God wants to do and there's a whole lot more that God wants to reveal and there's a whole lot of things that God wants to bring to fruition in our lives if we'll just remain faithful to him. God hasn't shown us everything. God hasn't revealed to us everything. I believe there's greater revival for us. I believe there's greater victories for us. I believe there's, there's greater glory for us to experience. I, I believe there's things about God that we're yet to experience and know. Amen. And He wants to reveal those things to us. I have not seen nor his ear heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. If you love God and you're faithfully endeavoring to serve God, God's got some things prepared for you that he wants to reveal to you. And in verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things. Amen. Verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of man... Save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. 
It's foolishness, the Bible said in verse 13. The natural man cannot receive it, but it's foolishness to him, the things of the Spirit, unless you get into the Spirit, unless uh, you allow the Holy Ghost to reveal it to you, unless, uh, amen, you get in tune with God. There's some things you'll never realize. There's some things you'll never get a revelation of. There's some things about God that you'll never understand. As long as you're trying to figure your walk out with God through the logic of your mind and trying to, to put everything in the right column and, and, and trying to figure it out from man's point of view and man's standpoint and this is my opinion about the circumstance or the situation and this is how I see it and I, I think it ought to be done. You'll never understand because in Romans 8 the Bible tells me that the carnal mind is enmity against the Spirit of God and there's things that this natural man cannot receive. I cannot understand. I'll never be able to know. But I have to trust Him. And I have to get in the flow of His Spirit. And I have to walk by the power of His Spirit. And if I'll be led of His Spirit, He'll lead me into things that I need to understand. And I need to know. And things will be revealed to me in the time that God sees fit to reveal them to me. Amen. Men of old got things revealed to them or had things revealed to them. I, I read about Isaiah and many of us, we look to this passage of Scripture where Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up and His train filled the temple. And he begins to describe all the things that he saw. Saw those seraphims flinting around crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. What a, what a thing to have revealed to you. This Old Testament prophet was looking into the very throne room of God. And then I read about the Apostle Paul who had some things revealed to him that he didn't write the details about, but he said he was caught up into the third heaven. And there he experienced and saw things that he could not even really describe. And he, he felt like that if I tried to tell about them, it would take away from the experience. I'm going to tell you, uh, some things God shows you and reveals to you isn't for you to go out and brag about or to tell somebody else about because they probably will not understand it anyway. You know, it was Joseph that made the sophomoric mistake of, of, of trying to reveal dreams that God had given to him to his brethren that were carnally minded and could not understand it because they didn't have dreams from God. And when he tried to tell them about the dreams he was having, they misunderstood him. And, and, and as a result, it caused him a lot of pain and it caused him a lot of suffering. Everything that God reveals to you is it for you to go out and share it with somebody else. But there's things that God can personally reveal to us and show us and give to us that helps us in our relationship with God. And he reveals things to us that's going to help us in the future to know how to respond in the appropriate way. For if God didn't show us, uh, and if we didn't have a promise from God, and we didn't have that confirmation to rely upon, we may get to that circumstance in life at that pivotal moment, and we may respond in an inappropriate way. We may do something different from being obedient to God and continuing to surrender our lives to Him, but it's through being it being revealed to us and God showing us ahead of time what was going to happen and what was going to take place that we know how to respond at that moment God reveals it to us 
And then, of course, there was John the Revelator that God gave him insights into all kinds of things, and many of those things are still being revealed today physically to you and I, and they're happening today. But he saw them thousands of years ago, and he also saw the very throne of God, and he gave us details about that throne. He, he said there was one that sat upon the throne, and I think that's very good for us to be able uh, to look at his experience and know that there was not three that sat upon the throne, but there was one that sat upon the throne. Amen. And, and he, he also saw those angels that were crying unto the Lord in worship. And then he saw the four and twenty elders that were gathered around the throne. And he begins to describe all of these things that were taking place. But there's people that are sitting here this morning that say, I, I'm not Isaiah, and I'm not the Apostle Paul, and I'm certainly not John the Revelator, and how does this relate to me? I, I don't understand some things. I don't know why I'm faced with some things. But I've come preaching to you that you can take refuge in some revealed things in your life. There's some things that God has shown us through His Word. There's some things that God has given to us in the Scripture that we can stand on, that we know with a surety beyond any shadow of doubt that God has revealed them already to us that can assure our faith and that can help us and bolster us and, and cause us to remain strong no matter what we're faced with or what we're going through. God's Word, there's some revealed things. There, there is some things that are revealed or, or rather that are uh, reserved for eternity, but there are some things that God has made very clear to us even now that we can look to. I think about the trial of, of Job, and it seems almost ironic to you and I that God would allow something like this to happen to someone that was so righteous. Because the Bible says that he was a man that loved God and eschewed evil. He was a man that had a respect and a reverence for the things of God. And he hated the things that were against God and the things that were evil. And he didn't partake of those things. He didn't involve himself with those things. And the Bible tells us that there came a day in his life, this man that prayed and gave sacrifice every morning, this man that had been so faithful to God, there came a trial in his life that in the space of just one day, his whole world was turned upside down. One servant right after another came and reported negative news on top of negative news. Told him that all of his belongings had been stripped away from him. And then his own family, his children, and their spouses had passed away in a storm. And all that was left was the ashen ruins of what used to be this man that was once the richest man of the East was now a pulper. And, and there were friends that came and they tried to surmise and they tried to figure out in their own minds what's going on here. They tried through logic to, to explain why this was happening. And that's where we always get in trouble. And they tried to identify the source of the, the problem in Job's life. 
you, you surely got sin. We just haven't figured out where it is yet. But there's surely some kind of hidden sin in your life for this to be happening to you. And his own wife, after these three friends pointed their finger and accusing him, his own wife said, you know what, I've seen you go through so much. You've lost so much. And, and you, you've been faithful to God. I don't understand why this is happening. I think the thing to do is just to curse God and die. But Job refused to do it. He said, there's some things I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. I don't understand why it's taking place. I don't know why it's happening to me after all the good seed that I have sown in my life. I don't understand why this is taking place at all. But there's one thing that I do know. I know that my Redeemer lives. And I am going to stay in Him and live for Him and faithfully walk before Him. I'm going to remain faithful to a God that I know that is alive, that I know that cannot fail. I am going to remain faithful to a God, a man that consistently has been there for me in the past. Right now, I can't track Him. I don't know where He's at. I look before me and I look behind me. I look to the left and I look to the right and He's nowhere to be found. But there's one thing I know. I know my Redeemer lives. Sometimes you've got to take refuge in the revealed things. There's some things in God's Word that's been revealed to you. That's what you got to rest on. That's what you got to run to. That's what you got to stand on. That's what you got to hold on to. In those hours when you don't know what to do, take refuge in the revealed things. Let's worship the Lord. Let's give praise to Him right now. What about the Apostle Paul? Shipwreck. Three times beaten. Stripes placed upon his back. Stoned. Accused by false brethren. Pressured on every side. Times when his heart was broken. When his closest Protégés walked away from him like Demas. And you hear the emotion and anguish in his voice when he said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. All of those things going on in his life, a lot of things I'm sure he did not understand. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, he said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Everything that I put in God's hands, uh, he's going to take good care of it. I put my soul in his hands, he's going to take good care of me. I put my life in his hands, he's going to take good care of me. I've committed myself to him, my ways to him. He's going to take God. I don't understand a lot of things that's going on. I don't know why the heartache. I don't know why the shipwreck. I don't know why the storms. 
I don't know why the false brethren. I don't know why I had to be accused unrightfully. I don't know why. Amen. Those that I love walk away. But there is one thing I do know. I know that I've I put it in his hands. Amen. He's going to keep it against that day. I know and have confidence that anything I commit to God, it's going to be all right. He's going to take care of me. I come preaching to somebody. You need to take refuge in the revealed thing. Somebody lift up your voice and let's give praise to Him right now. It's not all revealed to me, but there's some things that I know. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. You know those kind of seem like redundant words that are placed there in that passage. Be steadfast unmovable always abounding well steadfast and unmovable is not necessarily the same thing especially in scriptural terms to be steadfast is to be consistent to be steadfast is to keep on doing what you know is right even in the face of opposition and resistance how many knows you have to do that sometimes consistency especially nowadays is a Virtue that is vanishing. Consistency is something that is lost on a lot of people. They don't understand it. They live for God as long as there's loaves and fishes. They live for God as long as the blessings are flowing. They live for God until He gets them out of the tight or the jam that they're in, until the prayer comes through, until the answer comes. But be steadfast, He said. Don't, 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 don't relax your prayer life just because things are going better now. Just because you got a paycheck, don't, don't relax on your commitment to God. Just because you're not scratching the bottom of the barrel doesn't mean that you need to quit uh, with the same commitment that you started with. Be steadfast. We need some steadfast saints. We need some steadfast people of God. People that I'm going to be here, rain or shine. I'm going to be here in the ups and the downs. I'm going to be consistent living for God. Let me just let me just talk about this. What about steadfast worshipers? Hey man, I see some people, man, they'll rip a hole in the rug when, when, when they're feeling blessed and when they're emotionally on a high. But you just wait and their bottom lip will be dragging the ground in two or three weeks and you can't get a hearty amen out of them. You can't even get a good nod out of them sometimes. Amen. I want to say to them, if you're not going to say amen, at least look amen. Amen. Praise God. Because they haven't learned what it is that the Apostle Paul spoke about. To be steadfast. And then he said, be unmovable. Come on, you got to get that kind of bow up defiance in you when it comes to the enemy. You just got to make up your mind to be more hard headed than anything that comes against you. You got to make up your mind. I'm not moving off of this. This is something God has promised me. This is something that God has given to me through His Word. This is something that I can rest assured of. Amen. This is something that's been revealed to me. I'm not going to move off of it. I'm not going to take something less. You see, sometimes we settle for something less because we 
we think, well, I guess it's just not going to happen. We kind of get the Abraham mentality. I've waited long enough. Now let's just try to, to work things out on our own. No, unmovable, unmovable. I'm staying right here until the promise comes. I'm staying right here until God works it out in my life. Come on, the answer is not backing up on what you believe. It's not giving in. It's not cratering. It's not compromising. It's not backing off. It's not backing up. But it's going forward in faith. Being unmovable. Hey, devil, I'll be here the next time you come. I'll be here until the answer is revealed to me. Come on, let's give praise to him right now. Let's worship him. Always abounding. Before you can abound, you've got to be steadfast. Before you can abound, you've got to be unmovable. Amen. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know, there's some things I know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to encourage some saying that God, you haven't made one sacrifice for God that he hasn't witnessed and that he hasn't taken account of, and that he does not have a record of. You haven't wept one tear that he hasn't accounted for. My Bible says that those tears are saved, and they're going to be poured out again upon the earth. Amen. You read that in the book of Revelation. The Bible tells me that every tear that we weep is going to be accounted for, and we don't labor in vain. The Bible said you sow in tears and you'll come again rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we have to plow the field with tears running down our cheeks. Sometimes we've got to broadcast the seed with tears running down our face. Praise God. But at the end, when harvest time comes, given time, seed time and harvest, when it comes to fruition, we're going to come rejoicing at the harvest that God has given. But if somewhere in the middle we abandon if somewhere in the middle we give up, if somewhere in the middle we say this isn't worth it, if somewhere in the middle we say, well, I don't guess it's going to happen, then you'll never know what it is to rejoice. You'll never know what it is to be a conqueror. You'll never know what it is to have your day of victory. You'll never know what it is to triumph over the enemy. Praise God. You've got to be steadfast, unmovable, and then you can abound. Then you can rejoice in the work of the Lord. Because your labor... Your labor is not in vain. There's some things that I'm assured of. There's things that I take refuge in. Amen. Can I talk about a few of those things here this morning? I know. I know. And it's been revealed to me. And I take refuge in this revealed thing. I know that he always keeps his word. I want to underscore that. I, I want somebody to get that, that, that he's not a man, the Scripture says, that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's not like you and I. He doesn't have to bend the truth. He, he doesn't have to back up on it and, and, as they say now, walk it back. God hasn't ever had to walk back anything he's ever said. He's never had to retract one statement in his Bible. He's never had to retract one statement in the Scripture. Anything he's ever stated, anything that he's ever spoken, it's always happened just like he said it was going to happen. It's always occurred just like he said it was going to occur. 
you don't have to doubt that. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to fear when 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 circumstances are, are out of control in your life and you, you don't understand how it's all happening or why it is all taking place as it is. You can rest assured of one thing. If His Word says it, it's going to take place. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. It doesn't matter what it appears to be at this moment. It doesn't matter how far away from that it seems to be. I'm telling you, it's always going to come back to the Word of God. It's got to answer to the Word of God. It's got to come back and be rectified by the Word of God. Hallelujah. doesn't matter even what the devil's intentions are. It doesn't matter what other people that are used sometimes to the enemy, what their intentions are. Amen. It's all going to be subject to the Word of God because God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said, amen, that he means what he says. And if he gave you a promise, that he's good for that promise. And he's going to bring that promise to fruition. I'm going to tell somebody here this morning, if He promised you the Holy Ghost, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and all that are fall, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That means you. If He's still calling, He's still feeling. If He's still calling, He's still allowing people to receive the wonderful promise of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell somebody today, amen, if his word says that he's a healer, that Bible says that he's a great physician. My Bible tells me they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible tells me if any man, amen, is sick and needs healing in his body to call for the elders of the church and they would anoint them with all and pray the bear of faith and God is going to save them. God is going to heal them. God is going to restore them. I'm telling you, if his word says he's a healer, I don't care what science says. His word is going to stand. Science has to come back and answer to the word of God. The word of God doesn't have to answer to science. Amen. God is a healer. Oh, that ought to make somebody want to shout a little bit this morning. That ought to make somebody want to rejoice a little bit this morning. His word says that he's able to answer prayer. That doesn't mean some prayer. Why is it that we categorize? Why is it that we say, well, this right over here, man, this is in the extreme difficult corner or column. I'm going to put this over here under big stuff. If you're really feeling good today, God... I mean, if you wake up and you got the energy to do it, this is your this is this is this is these big day stuff that you can do. This is everyday stuff over here. I mean, I got a headache, but this here, man, over here, man, this is this is this is real big, big time. You understand? I'm talking about if it doesn't happen. I'm going under. If it doesn't happen, uh, I don't know how much longer if you don't come through over here that we can exist or survive. But you know, this over here, this is just minor things and I know this is everyday stuff for you. 
It wouldn't cause too much. Why do we do that? Because we think of God like we think of ourselves. Because that's the, that's kind of the, the that's the crucible that we have to look through. Because we are humans, we we view things as we view ourselves. But God is not bound by anything we're bound by. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't have bad days. He doesn't wake up and say, you know what, I'm just going to pull the covers up over my head and I don't care how loud they pray today, bless God, I ain't answering. I don't care how hard they knock on heaven's door, I ain't going to it. I don't care how many prayer requests they make, I'm not returning them. Not today. My phone's off, my door's closed, and I got a do not disturb sign out on the door handle <laughs> any of you that's ever knocked doors you've seen those no solicitation I'm going to tell you those don't bother me near as bad as them pit bulldogs that stand about that high that tells me they're serious about that no solicitation God he, he's not like you and I. He doesn't think like you and I think. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts, Isaiah said. So I, I, I can't, but that's how we, we try to measure up God. We try to look at it like that. Well, you know, God's bound to have bad days because I have bad days. God's bound to do better sometimes than he does at other times because that's how I operate. There's some days I'm high and some days I'm low, and so that's the way God must operate. No, it doesn't work like that. In Him, there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. He doesn't change. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. Amen. That's one of the most powerful virtues about God and characteristics about God is that He does not change, that He's always the same. He's just God. Amen. And He's in control. He never wakes up and says, man, this thing is getting out of control. He never wakes up and said, I didn't look, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't know they was going to react like that. He didn't wake up with any shocks or surprises. Nothing you do uh, takes Him off guard. Nothing you do uh, or nothing the enemy does or anybody else does uh, uh, surprises God. God. Didn't work like that. He's not, he's not caught on his left foot some days and says, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? That's not how it works. But God's in control all the time. And God is able to see everything. And He knows how all the pieces are moving. And he knows what everything and, and, and the direction that everything's headed. And he knows how to keep us. And he knows how to take care of us. And he knows where we need to be and at what time we need to be there. And he knows all things. And so therefore, when I ask him something, it, it isn't like he, he says, well, I don't know. I'm going to have to work myself up for this one. I'm going to have to talk myself into this. I'm going to really have to psych. You can't psych God up. God is already up here. God already knows what he wants to do. He's just waiting on somebody to have the faith in him to believe him for he's waiting on somebody to open up their mouth and start praying some petitions and start making their voice heard in the heavens and start calling on the name of the Lord he's waiting on somebody that says God I believe you're able I believe you can and I believe you will and you'll do it for us you'll do it for me if you can do it for them you can do it for my family if you can bless them you can bless me if you can revive them you can revive me if you can save those folks you can save my folks 
Come on, God is great, the Bible says. Amen. It is greatly to be praised. It's when we get on the same page as God that God is able to do what He already wants to do. When you start giving Him praise, it's commensurate with how good He is and how great He is. When we start praying prayers that are commensurate with how much ability God has, we'll see more answers. Praise God. Amen. I know what His Word says. I don't have to doubt that. And then I know He's faithful. Amen. How many knows He's faithful? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out looking for something he had never saw before. He went out looking for something he had never seen a picture of. He just obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city with half foundation whose builder and maker is God. He had never seen anything built like this. He had never toured anything that was like this. He, he just had something that God gave him, a promise that God gave him. And he said, I'm going to obey, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to follow, and, and I'm going to continue uh, to look for that promise. Through faith also Sarah, this was his wife, herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. You know, it's not enough for us to receive a promise from God. We have to judge him faithful that promised it to us. If he gave you a word, you have to stand on that word, in other words. You have to receive that word. If he gave you confirmation through the scripture that it was going to do something, it's not enough that it's just written there, but you also have to realize that God has revealed this to me through his word, and I receive it as his promise, and I'm going to stand on it until it happens. And that doesn't mean when you stand on the word of God that you just sit there and do nothing, or you just fold your arms and wait until it shows up. But the Bible tells me that if I continue to walk with him and continue to be faithful to him and I continue to do the things that his word says that I am to do and am obedient to him and follow his spirit, then I can receive the things that he has promised to me. Hallelujah. I am going to hold on to it, in other words. I'm not going to give up on it. I'm not going to let it be relinquished to circumstance and, and doubts and fears and problems in my life. I'm not let go of it so easily. But he is faithful who promised. I'm telling you, that's one thing that's been revealed to me is I know I may not be faithful all the time, but he's faithful. Others may not be faithful, but he's faithful. Amen. People may walk out of your world, but I want to tell you one thing. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Let's stand to our feet, lift up our voices, and give him praise. Take refuge in the revealed things. 
There's another thing I know. I know that the Word of God says in Hebrews 13 and 5, He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I can't say that for everybody else, but I can say that for him. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. There's been people that's forsaken him. There's been people that's left him. But he's always standing there right where he's always been. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said, another place I'll be with you, even to the end of the world. Amen. That's one thing I know. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to leave me out here in this walk of faith to do it on my own or by myself. But he's going to be there with me. Praise God. Take refuge in the revealed things. And then, finally, I know that he's coming back for those that look for him. The scripture says in Hebrews 9, 29, or 28, And unto them that look for him shall he appear a second time. For them that look for him, to them he shall appear a second time. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't that a beautiful promise today? I'm going to tell you when this world and all of its craziness and all of its confusion and chaotic things that are taking place in our world, and it seems like when you can't be surprised no more, you're literally shocked at the next thing that happens. But aren't you thankful that we can look beyond all of this and we can get our eyes trained on an eastern sky and we have a promise in the Word of God that says that if we keep looking for Him, He's going to appear a second time. That's a promise. I take refuge in the fact that someday I'm going to be able to be with Him throughout all of eternity. I take refuge in some revealed things through the Word of God. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift up your voice again with me and let's praise Him together. Let's praise Him together. Come on, let's love the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Praise God. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be in dread. You don't have to be anxious about it. You can know. You can have a surety. A lot of things you may not understand being able to, to really decipher and define what's, what's going on, but there is some revealed things that we could take refuge in. And that is the Word of God and the things that He's shared with us through His Word. Praise God. I wonder if there's somebody that would like to receive a little strength for your journey here today. I just felt this in the Holy Ghost. I just feel like there's some people here that, that God wanted to encourage and God wanted to remind and God wanted to confirm yet again. You're not in this alone. You're not in this by yourself. You're not doing this as one individual out here in a big world trying to get it done all by yourself. But I'm with you. And there's some things that I wanted to reveal to you. And though you don't understand all things, you look through that glass darkly. If you'll keep having faith, one of these days you'll see me face to face. And you'll know as you are known. You'll understand like I understand. It'll be revealed to you. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. I wonder if there's those that want to lay hold to His Word this morning and step out of your pew and make your way to this altar and lift up your hands to Him and say, God, I surrender. Amen. I surrender Your will. That's what it's all about. I surrender once again to Your your plan for my life. Though I, I don't comprehend all things, I know, God, that You're in control. And I know that you have a plan that you're working. God, I don't want to get ahead of you and I don't want to get too far behind you, but I want to step in lock step with you. God, I want to be in sync with you. I want, God, your spirit to give guidance and direction and help to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's really pray and reach out to the Lord today. If the Lord's Word's spoken to you this morning, you ought to reach out to Him. Thank Him for it right now. You ought to praise Him for it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on, let's be sensitive to the Lord. There's people here that need confirmation. There's people here that need comfort. There's folks here today that need the Word of the Lord to assure them of some things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I open my heart to you. I surrender everything to you. Come on, I encourage you to put it back on the altar. Don't try to pick it up and try to deal with it on yourself. Put it back on the altar. Quit trying to figure it out on your own, in your own ingenuity, in your own strength. But some way, yield it to God. Surrender it to Him. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, my brother. Reach out to Him today. Come on, sister. Reach out to Him today. Hallelujah. There's somebody nearby that you sense needs the strength of the Lord. Why don't you take on that burden and pray with Him? Come on, let's pray together. Let's seek God together right now. Let's believe God.